Tech Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. It's America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. And now, here are your hosts, the game show guys, Tom Bastek, Mike Jacobs, and Christian Carrion. Hello and welcome in. It's America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. We're the game show guys. I'm Tom Bastek. I am Mike Jacobs. And I'm Christian Carrion. And you have no idea how much anger I've caused on the show this week. <laughs> A lot. What are you talking about? I, I, mean, I, I showed you this show, Winning Lines, thinking that you guys would enjoy <laughs> some, <laughs> some portion of it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because last week you asked us, do you want 60s, 70s, or 2000s, right? Something like that. You're right because I figured we've been we've been deep into you know 70s, right. 80s, and I figured something a little more recent might be fun. Uh-huh. And I have to like stay away from things right around 2000 because everything is a millionaire ripoff. That's and true. I'm just over it at this point. Huge so cash it's like, grab. Yeah, we're gonna. I talk have to kind of. I have to kind of look. I got to kind of look past that. Is what it is. I will say uh, it gets some credit in that I think it was the first millionaire ripoff. So, Probably one of the first, also created by the same people who created the original format for Millionaire. Oh, also right. same composers between the two theme songs. We'll talk about it. Mm. All, right. All right, all right. Well, that is our it is our featured game of the week. It's called Winning Lines. We have no idea why. Uh, and- <laughs> I watched it twice. I watched it with the specific purpose of saying, "Okay, what's the line?" Still don't know. Yeah, there you go. Um, and it's with everybody's favorite, uh, doesn't ever get old, uh, game show host, Dick Clark. Mm. So that'll be fun to talk about him too. But first, uh, let's talk about where we've been. How's things, uh, down there in the uh, wonderful world of Atlanta, Mr. Michael? Uh, you know, busy, a lot going on at work, but, uh, good. That's, that's all I got. Nice. Uh, and by the way, for, I don't know if everybody got to see that we, we put the cassette deck up on the website. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, it is beautiful. You, it, it, I love it. It's absolutely great. It's serving me very well. Yeah, and Christian, up in Amish country, how are you doing up there? Oh, we're having a great time. My wife and I are getting ready to go to a wedding this weekend, and it's interesting because we do not know the people who are getting married at this wedding. We went to a wedding. Uh, it was a friend of my wife's, and her fiancé got married, and we met this relatively fun couple at the wedding. On the strength of that interaction, we were invited to their wedding. Wow. So we have no idea what to buy them, no idea what to expect. I, I you know, if I don't come back to the show, guys, I had a great time. Um, <laughs> yeah, keep watching game shows, question everything, fight the power. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what we're doing this weekend. Oh, that's I that's love that kind of like a you know blind bag wedding. I love it. Yeah. Oh, we're just so charming. I I do enjoy <laughs> meeting new people, especially the older I get. Now you know I'm I'm getting close to fifty. I'm not quite there yet, but. It, I, you go to a lot less weddings in your late 30s and early 40s because most of your friends and, and family are younger and then and they, they get married when you're in your 20s and 30s, you know? And and so we've had a lot less invites. Remember, there is, an, there is a wedding going on this weekend that I didn't think I was be healed up from surgery from in time uh, to go, but um, it's okay because we're going to we're gonna watch the neighborhood's dogs while everybody else goes. So, uh, but I, congratulations, Tina and Jeff. But what I love is is nowadays going to these weddings is you do make these incredible interactions uh, with people that you know, you probably would never, ever meet anywhere else. And when you do hit it off, you're like, wow, I really like these people. We need to hang out with these people again. 
Yeah, it was the it was it was refreshing to meet what we hope still is another normal couple. My we, my wife and I love making <laughs> friends. We love you know like the social part of it. So I was saying, what you got to do is daisy chain it, right? At this next wedding, you got to meet someone new, get invited to yeah. their wedding, and then just yeah. keep it going and see how long you can keep going to strangers' weddings. <laughs> I think we've just solved world hunger. <laughs> oh, this is so amazing! Absolutely great. So I will have a full report when I come back. <laughs> well, what, what's their names? Do you want to say congratulations, or do you not even remember? Uh, I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a second. Congratulations, Tiffany and Francis. We can't wait to meet you for the second time in our lives this weekend. Uh, it's so fantastic. Well, hopefully they listen. We'll see. All right, what's going on in the world of game shows this week, Christian? Talk to me. Well, you know, I feel like it's been a few weeks since we've had a bona fide new show to talk about. Netflix True. has really been hitting the game show bag pretty hard the past year or so. Their newest, uh, their newest game, their newest format is a show called bullshit i'll just say the name of the show um, okay and the show is a it's a, so it's a question and answer kind of thing howie mandel is the host so you oh know boy. the comedian dealer no deal america's got talent so on and so forth yeah america does but but howie does not oh! <laughs> america's next idol top talent whatever it's called yeah whatever that show okay, um <laughs> And yeah, it's a question and answer type thing. The hook here is that you can either answer the questions or be so confident in your wrong answer that you convince people around you that you're right. And they give away a bunch of money. They actually filmed the show in New Mexico, which I think New Mexico is one of those states that offers tax breaks for TV and film and things like oh, that. Nice. So nice. good for them. This concept um, sounds vaguely familiar. Vaguely familiar. And also it sounds like something Mike would do extremely well at. Oh, oh it's no, definitely the opposite. <laughs> yeah, well, it's so, so. I mean, the idea of of knowing or bluffing, I mean, of course, has been done. Hollywood Squares, the uh, the Hustler, the show that that just got canceled on ABC, right? Dirty sure. Rotten Cheater, it's been done a million times. But um, I think they're banking on this being another hit for Netflix. Again, Netflix has really been entering the game show realm in a big way. Um, not so much with original shows, but um, they put Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy on Netflix, which saved a, a good portion of my life during lockdown. Um, sure, you know. They're sort of bingeable type of shows. They've had originals because they brought the what is it cake? They had floors mm. lava. I mean, they yeah. They, they well, and, I mean, stuff. if you want to get into the uh, like baking competition world, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they I, they hit a home run by getting um, the Great British Baking Show, and they've oh, yeah. just expanded from there. There's, I mean, seven hundred of those shows on Netflix now, um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. By the way, I love those shows. Um, so yeah, but I, mean, I think they, as far as like a hard question and answer. Yes, type I was going to say show, the true game show format. Um, right, right. They try to think. You know, there was this app called Trivia Crack that everybody was playing way back yeah, when. I, I was playing it. Yeah, and so they have a show or had a show. I think it's still available to watch called Trivia Quest, and it's it's a thirty day long sort of. You're supposed to follow it every day. Oh, Mike doesn't like it. Giving it two thumbs down. It is poop soup, man. Oh, have you seen it? Have you seen I, it? Mike? Yeah, I played through like the first couple episodes of it, and it's just like it's terrible. It's not. It's it. It feels like a concept. Like here's what will eventually become part of a larger interactive TV show thing that can exist. So, going off of last week, could it be like? Second chance was like a concept for press your luck. I mean, is this honestly? Yes, that's what it feels like. It feels like a prototype to show that interactive TV is possible, but it is not developed into a full fledged, in my opinion, a thing that was entertaining enough to want to keep playing it. Okay, I have not seen it. Christian, have you seen it yet? 
Uh, trivia quest. I tried to follow along the first couple of ep- the first couple of episodes. I found difficulty somehow remembering to go to Netflix and do this every single day. I think they tried to capitalize on that uh, that one game a day, wor- like the Wordle type of thing. But a, what sure. a lot of games and a lot of these concepts are not grasping is that part of what makes Wordle successful is that you can literally finish a game in 15 seconds. It takes nothing mm. out of your day and it gives you something to talk about for the whole morning. You know, it's so simple. You just get your little boxes and fill in your little letters and you either win or you lose. It, you can't be that involved in, in a daily game like that. I think even like, what was it? HQ, HQ trivia that was mm-hmm. uh, out for right. I mean, I'm might still be out there for all I know. Uh, you know, it took a lot of time from, people's day like because my my bosses would play it all the time and they'd like they'd stop work and we'd all like bundle into the office to answer the questions and i was like why are we doing this for 15 minutes like i i love you guys but i've got work i gotta do (laughs) right Right. the time commitment it and you know can be a lot and say whatever you want about you know the attention span of people that 15 minutes is a lot but listen it's a it's a fast paced world out there, right? It is indeed, right? And and I I do agree that it's not meant. I mean, I obviously the release schedule of it was meant to be a daily thing, but it doesn't play that way. Um, and you know, I guess they're all just available now because I didn't realize that it was a daily thing. I just saw it like a couple days ago and played through like three episodes, but it's it's not really interactive TV. It's just like a series of basically DVD menus, right? Like they ask you a question and then there's four answers and you choose the answer and it's either like, you're right or you're wrong. And that's it. Um, again, it just hmm. feels very rudimentary and did not keep my interest. What I like about the fact that it exists is that, I mean, props to Netflix for trying something, right? An idea like that went further with Netflix than it would at any other regular network or, you know, that wouldn't have a chance to breathe anywhere else. Yes, absolutely. Sure, sure. And the truth is, they'll leave it up there, and people will keep playing it like Mike out of nowhere. And who knows that who it how it influences the next version of this interactive game show and becomes something spectacular. That is true. All right. Well, this week's um, wonderful uh, game show. And I'm I'm using wonderful because I'm trying to be nice here because I didn't care for it all that much. But our featured show this week is Winning Lines. Uh, the host is Dick Clark. We're going to talk about it coming up next. Mike, um, you do have a stump or chump ready for us, right? I do have a stump or chump. I figure we do it before the break. Uh, oh. Since we're talking more a little bit yeah. about Dick Clark in the stump oh, or God. chump than the oh, I, I thought I had a minute. Good Lord. All yes. right, here we go. Yeah, no, we're going to dive right into it, man. No waiting. Where's my notes? Here we go. Okay, so in <laughs> researching this show and in regard to Dick Clark, I ran across one of my personal favorite words which is the word and I'm going to I'm going to turn this into a little bit of a, a grammar lesson while we're at it right uh the word is penultimate uh which despite the uh sounding like pinnacle and or ultimate does not mean best but actually means next to last next to best right 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 this is dick clark's next to last game show that he hosted hmm. he hosted other things uh, but game shows specifically, this was his penultimate game show hosting gig. Now, I bet that after that long preamble, you're thinking Mike's going to say what is his final game show hosting gig. And no, that is not the question. If you know the answer, I'm happy to hear you say it. But that is not the question I'm going for. Instead, I want to say one of my other favorite words, which is anti-penultimate. Anti oh, spelled is that with like an after e. the final. It means 
before the next to last. Oh. Anti-penultimate. A-N-T-E right. penultimate. So, prior to winning lines, Dick Clark's penultimate game show, what did Dick Clark host as his anti-penultimate game show? Oh, man. Okay. Right now, I am racking my brain trying to think of what he did before. I'm just kidding. I know it. Okay, so the name of the show... Oh, actually, well, 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 I'll say the name of the show in a minute, but I, if, I'm hoping this is the one that, that, that you have in your notes. Um, I want to say either 1997 or 98, he hosted a show that involved uh, stunts and numerical figures and guessing the answer to questions that had numerical answers. The idea was that there were three teams. I think they were married couples, um, and each one would give an answer. Each team's official guess, you'd average it out, and that would be the team's official guess. And then they'd, you know, and they did all kinds of stuff. They had like a, you know, a stuntman doing backflips, and he had, you know, how many backflips can he do in 10 minutes, and or something like that. You know, <laughs> all kinds of like weird numerical stunt type stuff. And I believe the name of the show, which it's a, it's actually a newer version of a show that was on in the 60s that the baseball announcer Vin Scully used to host, actually. Wow. Um, the name of the show is It Takes Two. You son of a bitch, that was just a <laughs> string of correct information. <laughs> Smart as a whip, you see that? <laughs> All right, so I just got to know now. Well, what was his final show, Christian? I have no idea. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I thought. I swear to God. I well, if he so, give me a second. Maybe I can think of it. Because I. All right, so I had right away, obviously his. Th this and then his final and I was like the final is going to be too easy I had to do a whole bunch of research to like make sure there wasn't anything between those two or anything like I really thought I was being clever coming up with this anti-penultimate crap and now you just well listen unless unless I'm sorry <laughs> to shit in your cereal um <laughs> unless I'm completely blanking and it's something totally obvious I don't know, man. I That's amazing. Mike, you. do you know what it was? Yeah, it's called Ch uh, Challenge of the Child Geniuses. What oh, is that? I, did, I didn't thing. even take any notes on it. All I my notes are about It, it Takes Two. I watched it. Yeah, that did not last very long. That was, um, it was, so imagine, okay, imagine a game like Winning Lines but with harder questions and with, like, child contestants. Just, like, imagine the pressure of, like, your parents watching you do Ugh. well at, like, a spelling bee with, like, money on the line. Yeah, really not fun. And it was very, very short-lived. I cannot believe that slipped. I've seen the show. I cannot believe that slipped my well, mind. Well, and I mean, in, in the term, in the uh, topic of short-lived, It Takes Two only lasted for three months, and it was on the family channel. So, I oh. mean. Mm-hmm. It did, and actually, so it was based on a show that lasted for a few years on NBC. Yeah. It was a very popular show back in the day. Yeah, yeah, and indeed, Vin Scully hosted it from 69 to 70. So there you go. I no, Mike, all of your research, oh, yeah. <laughs> straight up chumped, I, you know. I'm sorry you to actually got you. you got jumped twice because you could have stumped him. I, right? God, that's one of So you got those... jumped twice. Well, I outsmarted myself. <laughs> All right, well, coming up next, we're going to talk more about winning lines and more about Dick Clark and more about who wants to be a millionaire. God, it comes up all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, since 2000, Just man. That's all we get. Yeah, it's never ending. All right, we'll be right back. You've been listening to America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won.
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Favorite Game Show Podcast. Tell them what they've won. Our episode 64 feature game show this week is Winning Lines. And, well, Christian, go ahead and introduce this because Mike and I, I think, uh, have some things we'd like to say about it. But I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, more scared or less scared than Stumper Chump? Uh, I, I would put this on. I, I would put this on equal footing at this point because I swear <laughs> I showed you guys winning lines, thinking that you would find something fun about it, and, and maybe you did. I mean, we'll talk about it. So, winning lines. Now we're going back to the year two thousand. This is on CBS. The year two thousand is dominated by the success of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. This is the show that has revitalized not only primetime game shows, but game shows in general. So as a result, for the next couple of years, you see a lot of shows that feature elements that we take for granted now in a lot of our shows. So the idea... Now, mm-hmm. wait a second. Yeah. For the next couple of years? Oh, for the next couple... <laughs> listen, for the next couple of years, it, it's, it, it's... Couple a is real, two years. It's a I'm real saying heavy next couple flow. of decades. I would say for the next couple of decades, you get that. Yeah, Oh, you, no, you sure do. But again, within those first couple of years they it's like a non-stop flow that's so what you like guys, the floodgates open yeah, oh floodgates, man yeah. you got winning yeah. lines on cbs you got a show on fox we, called it's your chance of a lifetime a show called greed on fox link. weakest link which you know was right weakest link almost a combination of the two big shows millionaire and survivor right right and right. Uh, you know you have a new version of the 50 game show 21 on nbc you just have oh just it's non-stop and winning lines was one of the first uh quote unquote knockoffs i call it a quote unquote knockoff because it was actually created by the same people who devised the original format for millionaire so they essentially so maybe it's a follow off. maybe it's a follow-up instead of a ripoff spiritual yeah, I mean, successor if you will yeah yeah, yeah i would yeah. say so and again you get a lot of the same uh common elements you get the one you know the one person playing against the house for a million dollars you get the money tree you get the lifelines the bailouts the help uh, the big shiny black set with silver and the orchestral music, which was actually also composed by the same composer who did all the music for Millionaire. Um, mm. But you get a lot of that in this show. Um, Winning Lines, nine episodes on CBS, hosted by Dick Clark. So uh, we talked in the last segment about the show he hosted before that called It Takes Two. Um, he was an experienced quiz show host. He's hosted a lot of question and answer shows. Nothing like this. Um, until much later, which uh, Mike reminded me of Challenge of the Child Geniuses, which shares some format elements here. Again, one of those big shiny black floor shows. Um, But he hosts it in a very old school way. I mean, this is the year 2000. Um, He is just coming out of the 90s where he hosted It Takes Two, Scattergories, uh, Pyramid, you know, in just the previous decades. He's not far removed from all that. Um, So Dick Clark walks on stage greeted with 49 contestants. Now, those 49 get whittled down to six hold on one second excuse me no you're fine those 49 get whittled down to six they play a cutthroat game in which their number you know all the contestants are number one to 49 their numbers are the answers to the question so you have to listen carefully listen for your number if your number is the answer to the question hit your button to keep yourself in the game if somebody else buzzes in on your number you're out which i'll i will drop a quick bit of editorial in here i thought that they drag this out way too long. So they give the answer, they say, if you're right, so-and-so's out of the game, and they wait and give that pregnant pause. I thought mm. 
And 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 Tom had mentioned this earlier that you know forty four or forty three people are gone by the time you know we're five minutes in. Huge waste of resources. And I think that what they could have done is had maybe you know twelve people play this game and each of them have their numbers, and you know you could. Uh, eliminate that drama by just asking the questions. I wanted them to ask them really, really, really fast. But other than that, I like this idea, this sort of sudden death, cutthroat kind of thing. The survivor at the end of this goes to the Wonderwall. The Wonderwall is a series of three projector screens with all the answers pasted up there. And the contestants sitting in a big chair, they have buttons around them. It's, you know, the whole millionaire thing with the lights and the dramatic music. They have two minutes to answer, three minutes to answer as many of the questions as they can by identifying the answer with its corresponding number on the board. I thought the play along aspect of this was really tight. I thought um, the show definitely did not benefit from not being in HD. In that way, mm, I feel like it was mm-hmm. almost ahead of its time because what you have to do to show this entire board is just scroll it back and forth, which does the job, but it's not very user-friendly these days. Not for can... the viewer, it's not. No, it's well, not. And, not, as, not at all. As someone who has to wear glasses, kind of hard to tell what the numbers say, to be frank with you. So it was like and it was fun to play it. along if I knew the question, but like I was not trying to find the answers on the board. I was just right. trying to answer the question. Neither was I. Yeah, and these days, I mean, they could they could pull off a technological marvel and have this have have this board be shown in a much more viewer friendly way. Um, so the overarching theme of this show, we talk about winning lines. The show is an import of a British format that was in the UK sponsored by the National Lottery. So they integrated their lottery draws into this show. And winning line, as far as I can tell, I'm I'm not British, nor have I ever been, but in <laughs> in in British bingo, a winning line is is you know your winning card. Um, I imagine there's some wordplay there. Also, the fact that throughout the show, every correct answer given by a player, they take their last identify like the last segment of their identifying number that gets put up on a board. And if your phone number contains all those numbers by the end of the show, you win. You win a bunch of money. So maybe lines, telephone lines, winning telephone lines, whatever. Um, yeah, we, so that's that's yeah. where I had landed on it uh, as well, that like they were clearly talking about telephone lines, and I found all that stuff about it being from a British version. Um, uh, ac- and, and, and from what I could tell, I went, I actually went and found some episodes of that. That is, in that version, uh, how you get on the show. It doesn't win you anything. It's how they choose their contestants. Um, hmm. So, yeah, if you, if you sort of win that, if you're, you know, if those numbers are your phone number, you call in and you get to be on the show. Um, that particular segment was actually taken from an earlier show same creators uh called talking telephone numbers um and i didn't really look too much into how that all worked um but all all that to say you know this is coming down to what is now in the show that we are watching a supplemental feature at best for the home viewer right totally unrelated to the actual game show. not totally unrelated but mostly unrelated to the game show at hand um and yet a outdated slang term for a factor of that feature is the title of the show it just it yeah it doesn't make much sense to me <laughs> yeah i agree it's it's not um it's not the best title. I don't know. I don't know what else I would have gone with. I, I'm not very good at coming up with alternate titles for things like this, but 
I'm sure I'm sure there's a better option out there somewhere. I, but I agree. I personally I personally I love coming up with new names for um for shows and this would have been suckasaurus for me. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead, Christian, continue, please. Well, that's the show, and you know, it was on Saturday nights on CBS, which is a death time slot because, you know, of course everybody's home on Saturday night watching TV. Um nine episodes in, the show was canceled. They actually recorded ten, so there's one unaired. Um, a lot of big winners on this show. And I got to tell you, if you were a game show contestant looking to win a lot of money, you could not do better than the early 2000s because shows that were rushing to give money away because they capitalized on what made Millionaire um, successful, which is, you know, the escalating difficulty of questions. They tried to make it easy for people to play along with so that they'd watch it. And they just threw money at people. The title of uh, biggest cash winner in game show history shifted hands within those two years, maybe about 10 or 11 times. So I don't know if you caught the tagline at the beginning of this show but boy do they sure do like circumvent the the like technical aspects of that like so what they're what they say is it's not the biggest jackpot or anything like that it's just the biggest game show ever to hit prime time which one like how do you define that but two no matter how you define it it's not this show i'm sorry it's just not that is an ambitious tagline for what is essentially four different game show ideas shuffled together into one. Definitely. And it's also not based on the set because I have it on good information from somebody who was on the show that a lot of the silver effects and the orbs and stuff were made of big salad bowls. <laughs> well, and, and, and I hate to say it, but I was looking at like when he was like pointing over to the big board, I looked over and I was like, hey, they got three projection TVs mm. from the 1970s. I was like, <laughs> What is going on? Oh yeah, here? yeah. It looks like my lecture hall in like yeah uh-huh. sophomore year U.S. history. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. I was like, okay, all right. Well, all the money went to the contestants apparently, but um, well, we should we should probably get into the editorial part of this. But Christian, I am going to task you with going out and finding the unaired episode of Winning Lines. I will do my best. <laughs> coming right up i hope nobody broke their arm on this damn show i was gonna say this is gonna be a thing where in a year and a half he releases a documentary about how that episode never existed <laughs> yeah exactly right <laughs> well you know i gotta tell you i feel bad who for whoever won money on the show if anything because those people don't get paid unless the episode airs oh oh really Oh, yeah. Well, that's... Oh, we could talk about that for a second. So that's where the money for the show comes from. The prize money comes from the ad revenue and comes from from all that. So if the show doesn't air, you don't get paid. I knew of a person who was on a show on ABC hosted by William Shatner called Show Me the Money, and they won something like $600,000. They did not get paid because the show got canceled before their episode aired. Oh, and it's all in the paperwork that you sign. It really, really oh, sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's frustrating. Um, Isn't it? There, there were a few different points that you that you brought up during your uh, little history there that, that I wanted to sort of go back on. Um, so one of the things you had mentioned is that Dick Clark is how he hosts this in a very old school manner, but it's a very new school show. Um, and I, like I feel like he was i agree but like he was such a bad choice because of that like he makes this stark contrast in my opinion of like this is what game shows are trying to be but here's this like classic 70s 
aspect thrown on top of it. It and it, just like how I felt with everything else, it felt very mish, mishmashed and just disparate things slammed together. Absolutely, and I will say that one of the things that none of the millionaire ripoffs got right, I in my opinion, is the hosting. There are very few shows of this era that got the hosting down pat the way Regis did. I mean, he really, if you if you think about what game show hosts were and what they were even while Millionaire was on, on The Price is Right, on Wheel of Fortune, uh, he really redefined that role and did it in a much different way. And I could I, I don't know that I could picture Dick Clark on a show like Millionaire. Like, it just would not work. And I think that you needed that kind of uh, that kind of broadcaster to pull off a job like that. So my big thing is, is I didn't like Dick Clark because I like Dick Clark and I don't think Dick Clark was right for the show. And so I'm with you on that. To me, it wasn't that he brought his 90s flair to a 2000 show. To me, it's just like, dude, you ain't a 2000 host. Get the hell out of here. Like, you're not right for this job. Go. Your your style just doesn't work. You got to leave. It'd be like getting Bob Barker in there. Like, he's good. But is he good for that? No. And. And and by the way, I mean, I definitely the other thing is, is it, it kind of hurt me a little bit when Dick Clark was like saying to people, no, you're eliminated. And I was like, oh, what happened to my happy Dick Clark guy from the 1970s, 80s, 90s? Like, you know, like, it just it just he doesn't fit have me. that like mean weakest link host vibe. Right. Like, oh, yeah. And even Regis to that point, like is so on the contestant side in Millionaire. Yeah. He pulls it off perfectly. Yeah. And Dick Clark was not on the contestant side in this episode. Well, I feel like he wasn't on the contestant side until the very end. Like he's on the side of whoever wins. Right. But to, you know, to that end, I mean, it's, 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 it's hard to have that. I mean, cause he's that kind of host, right? He, you know, he empathizes with the people and wants them to win. But by definition in this game, 90% of the people are not winning. So, I mean, how, how, how well does that serve him here? I, I'm also not a huge fan on, and they did an okay job of it, I guess. Uh, and Mike, I know you've got more, but I just want to talk about like how he says hello to a couple of people, like in the very beginning, like number thirty-seven. Uh, hi, Bob Smith. Really glad you're here. Uh, number fifteen. I'm like, I'm like, okay, we didn't need any of that. Yeah, that's the editing, by the way, that that really did him a disservice because apparently, and again, I I, I talked to somebody who was on this show. The interviews were a lot longer. I, my theory is that at some point this was supposed to be an hour-long show. Oh, I bet. And some of them were because they did like double episodes, but mm-hmm. it was it was meant to be a half-hour format. I, I, yeah, that's what I think. But I also have to tell you, like, I don't give a flying crap about any of those interviews. You're taking up way too much of the time. For someone that's going to be eliminated in 10 seconds. And that's the thing. They did. They interview all six people, and I'm like, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Because these people are literally going to be eliminated, boom, just like that. I don't care about you. Stop making me try to care about you. Goodbye. Or (laughs) let me have a little more time with you, and then I do care about you. Right. Character development. As much as you can. What are you going to do with the money? No, no, but on Millionaire, what are you going to do with the money if you win? Those questions mm-hmm. are important. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, where are you from? Oh, I heard you like to knit a lot. That's great. Blah, blah, <laughs> blah. You're eliminated because 24 was how many hours were in the day. Goodbye. Uh, speaking of the uh, eliminating because of your number thing, um, I, I had a thought and then it ended up happening in that episode that we watched in the second half. Uh, the guy, Ahmed, it comes down to a point where there's, you know, they've eliminated every eliminated everybody but the last two people 
And like Dick gets out maybe a what or like the first two, three words, two words of a question. Rather, yeah. And the guy just buzzes in and says the other guy's number. And Dick Clark's like, did you even know the question? He's like, no. I have no clue what the question was. And at that point, it doesn't matter because it's either his number and you have buzzed in and knocked him out or it's your number and you were going to lose either way. And so it just it was this interesting strategy of like when it comes down to it, that last one is whoever's figured that out can just buzz right in. And, you know, it's not a gamble. It's well, it, it is because if it if it was your own number and you had said your own number, you would stab. Oh, right. OK. Yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. You're right. Because I, I, I was thinking so if it is your own number, then I assume they buzz in and say your number. But that doesn't necessarily happen. You could buzz in and say your own number. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's that's the goal is to kind of listen and listen for your own number. I will give a quick yet controversial take. I wish that idea of the Wonderwall would come back on a current show. I think that it was way before its time. I think that now there's a technology that could make that fun to watch and fun to play along with. Because I think that that the Wonderwall is the star of the show, right? Not only because of the money, but but just because of the of the play along factor. I mean, I remember watching this show when it was first on and watching it now on YouTube, doing re- doing research for the episode that we're doing now. And I found myself, whether out loud or in my head, like screaming along, like, "Oh my God, there's the answer. There it is. It's right there." Like, there's something to be said about that idea that you can get people to interact with their tv in that way and i just wish you know i I wish that would come that idea would come back in some way i agree and i think that you know again kind of goes back to what i was saying of like that is an idea and there are other ideas in this show i don't think that any of or i mean i don't think that the ideas that make up this show necessarily belong together and like at the end of the day, it feels overly complex. Like I feel like Dick Clark is spending a lot of time over explaining certain aspects of the rule, especially like the home phone thing in any order. Yeah, like they I'm, spend oh, so oh, that much time yes, on that. Yes, uh, it just feels disjointed. Feels like you know, I don't know how familiar people are with the term shovelware. Um, yeah, overall, interesting mm-hmm. concepts, but it's not a complete show. You know, I really like the idea of the the number being the answer of like the number of your opponent being the answer. But I wish that they were scoring points instead of just an immediate elimination. Although I am typically a big fan of like a cutthroat knockout round. That was like the second round. These people just beat 48 other people to get down there and be six. And then they're gone that quickly. I'm like, wow, like there there should have been a little bit more there to me. But um, the way I felt about it and, and I'll just say this. When it came to the phone things, did you notice how everybody's number had a larger second number than the first number? Because that was the number that would go on to the screen that would be the phone number. Did you guys see that? Is that why I they did. were doing it? I thought it was yeah. just like funky stylized font. And the whole no. time I'm like, that's a no. kind of 90s thing to be happening in but I feel like show. the design of it is successful in that way because that's what I yeah. thought too. And then I realized, oh, that's right. They're doing the phone number thing. Oh, to me, it just looked like Spencer's gifts. It it looked stupid mm. as hell to me, and that's the way it made me feel about the show. I was or, like, this is stupid as hell. It would have worked well if uh, it was remote control on MTV. Like, that's the there kind of font it looked like to me. Remote control was like, what, 91? Well, no, but I, I just mean like that. Yeah, I mean, but I'm saying that's that style of font is what it looked like to me. Sure, and, and being sure. in that neon tubing and all that. It just yeah. It. I guess what I'm saying is is that people are smart enough to figure out that the second number is the number that's going to be on the screen. We don't need to make it bigger. <laughs> Hello. 
Hey, guys, 39. Whoa, 39. It's different than 38. <laughs> it's different than 38. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, what else you got? Uh, that's it, man. We've hit all my uh, hit all my notes. So I agree with Christian that, um, and I think it was Christian that said it, or they, or it was Mike. They drag it out way too long, mm-hmm. like, and and you and it could be it was an hour show and they cut it back or whatever. But um, it's a lot like the new card sharks. The old card sharks just moved. It hustled, yeah. and the new card sharks take so long. I even feel like the chase, which I love the chase, it just takes so long. And it's because they want to build that drama and do that, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, that just makes me not want to watch the show. Now, granted, it was in 2000. It's not in 2020, you know? Like, So they're not appealing to me now. They're appealing to my my, 22, my 2000 self. And my 2000 self might have sat through more, most of this. I don't think I even owned the channel that it was on. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I mean, it was CBS, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, CBS. We uh, all own CBS, right? Um, well, maybe. <laughs> I don't. Here's what I'm saying: is I don't remember it. Is what I'm getting. I think it's tenure on TV. Uh, sort of proves that even in the land of the 2000s, this was not something that was that had the legs, right? Like, I have to imagine that even back then, like I get what you're saying that we now have 20 years of millionaire ripoffs under our belts, and you know right. we can spot one from a mile away. And that may not have been the case mere months after the craze started or whatever. Um, but I also think that in general, people are pretty good at, you know, spotting the high quality versus the not high quality, right? Like, there's a reason why uh, Finding Nemo is an instant classic and nobody remembers anything about a shark's tail, you know? No, yeah, I guess. I mean, to to me, I really like the idea that this was done by the same guys, because for me, that makes me hate it a lot less. As I was like, this thing is a total ripoff. I mean, it's a fast finger to get to the six people, and then those six people are learning to gets down to one person that sits in front of the big board. You know, like, and I I, I was like really, really, really bumming that it was that much. I mean, the, the music was exactly the same. The set was almost exactly the same. The weird camera angles, all the other stuff. And then Christian said it was done by the same guys, and I'm like, I hate it a lot less now. Makes you sense, know what right? I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes total sense because it is, as Mike said, a spiritual successor then. And so then my hate really gets quelled, you know? It just quashed, whatever you want to use. Whatever word it is, it gets lessened by knowing that the same people did it like because it's a follow-up right it's not just some dude being like yeah i'm gonna bank on someone else's hard work you're absolutely right so i i don't hate it as much as it did but i do agree with mike 110 percent. there's some great ideas along there but it did not go together and they didn't host it right although as christian did say how many of them did host right you know what i'm saying it's mm. a, it, it it is an art that was not perfected until well into that type of shows, you know, yeah, stay on TV. So, you know, I know that <laughs> this is a journey and not all these shows are going to be winners, but I want to end this with a question about next week. Oh. And a question that I asked privately off air, but I'll mm. ask it on the air this week. Oh boy. We have three choices. Right. We have three choices for next week. Oh, okay. 2002, 1988, or 1958. 
And I'll, hmm. I'll, I'll tell you that the 2002 is not another million dollar show. Uh, well, hmm. me being me, that 58 is the one that I'm drawn to. Um, but I, I, those are <laughs> historically not our best performing shows. So, but I, but I will say this is we haven't gone back to the fifties in a while. So it'd be good to go back to the fifties. I think. Um, we were, I mean, where were we? We were like the last two were were uh, second chance was what? Seventy seven. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Seventy seven. And then before that, um, the big showdown seventy four, seventy five, seventy four. So I mean, let's go back to the fifties. Let's do back it. Back to the fifties. It is nineteen fifty eight. I cannot wait to show you what I have in store. Oh boy, that's exciting. <laughs> and we promise we'll have a stumper chump that'll be fitting for the nineteen fifties. Ah, son of a. <laughs> Digging your own All grave right. on this one, buddy. <laughs> <You> sure am. <laughs> Mike, any any final farewells? Uh, no, no. I think I'm good. I I, uh, I was gonna say I enjoyed my time watching this, but I think that's specifically why I didn't like this show because I did not enjoy <laughs> my time watching it. I think if it had been a better recording of it, and I could have seen the screen a little bit more, I might have enjoyed it a little more. But I just Dick Clark felt so not fitting from the beginning that I was like, oh, and then there was the interviews and I was like, oh, and I just, I just, I just kept going, uh, 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 as I a, went a constant downward tumble. Yeah. So it was, it was rough for me, but by the way, I love it. I love that we found one that is just crazy, crazy. Well, in our case, bad, but somebody out there loves it. I'm sure Christian, anything to final uh, saying? Well, again, I'm sorry to introduce all this controversy as a result of winning lines. <laughs> I was a fan of the show. I definitely see the the holes in it that you guys see. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still, I got to tell you, I still like it. I still like the show. Yeah, but you like everything. Every show that you watch is your favorite show, in all fairness. <laughs> I cannot wait until you guys pick a year that has an absolute hunk of crap. I cannot wait. This, this is Cary Grant compared to some of the stuff I have in store. Well, I'll tell you, we're going to do it, and it's going to be our final for episode 80. It's going to be the Big Zero Show. I'm so And excited. you're just going to bring out nothing but the crapola. Oh, God. You... <laughs> oh, man. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you again next week. Everybody, have a great week. Bye, Tom. Goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, Tom. You've been listening to America's favorite game show podcast. Tell them what they've won. A JTEC audio production. Copyright 2022. No part of this podcast may be reproduced by anyone without the express written consent of the creators. For more information or to contact us, please go to tellthemwhatthey'vewon.com. All right, Mike, what did you learn this week? Uh, I learned that I still have no idea what the quadratic equation is used for. <laughs> uh, Did you ever learn it at one point in time? Yeah, I mean, I know I know what it is. It's the x, right. x equals a or b plus or minus all over c squared. What? I, okay, I don't know yeah. what it is, but I was <laughs> I, I it popped into my head the other day. I was like, they spent so much time teaching us this in school, and I have not only never used it, but never come in a situation where I thought it would have been usable. And I was like, oh, darn, I don't know the quadratic equation. So I searched Google. I said, what do you use the quadratic formula for? And the only website I found, not only, there was lots, but the only one that I could find that was like real world examples of the quadratic formula 
was that if you throw a ball X meters in the ground or towards the sky, how long is it going to take till it hits the ground? And I'm like, okay, that's a real world example in that it's a thing that could happen in the real world. But when would you ever need to know that? Why is that? You I just, I'm sorry. I'm getting all worked up again. Quadratic formula is stupid. I don't care about it ever. Excellent. Next week, we'll talk about how basic math is not appreciated and how it's used on a regular basis. Uh, Tom, what'd you learn this week? So I'm going to go right back to the um, ripoff factor versus spiritual successor. When you said spiritual successor, it really took me aside because I was so ready to just get into this show's butt like nobody's business. I mean, I was like, Wonderwall, you got to rip off the big board. You're going to call it Wonderwall. Where's the weights? I was ready to just rip it down and I was ready to, to, to burn it like light it on fire and burn it to the ground <laughs> and you said spiritual successor and Christian um, talked about how it was the same guys doing it and I was like yep like I can't I can't say nothing about it because it's like when you have a big hit as a musician the one that you have as your follow-up hit is the one that sounds as close to it I, I totally and completely get it all right Christian what did you learn well I learned that at Staples three projector screens Three projectors and one leather chair comes to $864.97. This can happen. I can do it. And I know what I want to do for my birthday party this year. It's the Wonder Wall. I would say I would love to play this game. Yeah. At least the Wonder Wall oh, yeah. part of it. Screw the rest the of Wonder it. The Wonder Wall part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eliminate yeah. everybody else. Get me to the Wonder Wall, and then I'll play that part. Again, uh, if Christian... only HDTV was a standard back in that, back, like, back then, when the show yeah. was on, oh, it'd be beautiful. Now, uh, Christian, when's your birthday? My birthday's May 9th. All right. We're all getting Amish roll butter on May 9th. (laughs) I'm I'm honored. (laughs) Copyright 2022, a JTEC audio production.